Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Dream Big Podcast. Bob Goff and friends. I am your host, Scott Schimmel, and I'm here virtually with Bob Goff. Hey, everybody. It's Bob. I hope it's been a great week, and we've got a great podcast for you today. Yeah, I have a confession to make. It was a few weeks ago, and I was trying to get my kids in bed. I've got three of them, so one too many at least. And I hear one of my kids, my girl, is singing in her room. And I've told her five times, go to bed, be quiet. And I finally go to the door and I'm fuming, but I hear her belting out to this song called The Blessing. And then I stopped and I thought, man, let's give her five more minutes and then tell her to be quiet. Oh, so good. So we have Carrie Job on the show today and she's one of the uh, part of the team that wrote this amazing hit called The Blessing. If you haven't heard it, you have to. And Bob has a great conversation with Carrie digging into her life and how her life has been shaped and formed to come in with a lot of power to this album. So Bob, how do you how do you know Carrie? Yeah, Carrie and her terrific husband have been friends for years. And one of the things that I really appreciate uh, is that they both have the ability to go deep. So they're the things that we're known for, whether you can blow up balloons or make beautiful music or throw clay pottery. Um, but I think what I know uh, both Carrie and her husband for is their authenticity. What a beautiful mm-hmm. thing to do. So we kind of go behind the scenes and to yeah. say, let's talk about the beautiful music, but let's talk about how sometimes difficult life can be and how we just navigate through some mm-hmm. uncertainties, some setbacks. Uh, this will hopefully for you, if you're listening, will resonate. So find a wide spot in the road, get a pin out, write some notes and to say how this is going to impact me. This is going to give me a little bit more courage to uh, dust off an ambition that I've had to re-up for something that I've let slide. Carrie, thanks so much for making a little time for us today. Hey, tell me about you. I know everybody listening has bumped into your music, but they haven't bumped into your life. And I just felt like it was such a treat to meet you and your terrific husband a number of years ago. And um, people know you for your music and accomplishments, and there's so many of those. Uh, But tell us what it feels like to be you these days. I love that. Uh, yes, the the me that's normal and and just doing life. I'm a mom and I have a four and a half year old and a one and a half one and a half year old. And so, in the middle of quarantine and not getting to travel much, it's crazy. <laughs> you know, it's very messy, and we're just learning to sometimes let the dishes sit in the sink and just play and not be you know, so consumed with what it looks like around us, but what's happening in their hearts more than anything. So yeah. there's a lot, there's a lot going on. Think about the times that you've been out on the road and you go from concert date to concert date to concert date. And I bet you're wishing if I could just be home with my kids. And then right. uh, since about May or uh, March 15th, you get to be home. Oh, is it like, oh my gosh, if I could only be in Cleveland right now. Like, <laughs> What is it? How are you making that adjustment? Yeah, I mean, it's been it's been sweet time with them. I really love being a mom, but those there are those days where you're like, I'm gonna go and just sit in the car. Yes, and don't tell anyone that I'm out there. Yes. <laughs> I just need to sit and not think about anything. You know, um, yeah, it's been a lot of pivoting. Um, I'm just trying to think, like just a lot of uh, loud 
loud house things, you know, by the end of the day at like 8 PM, we're like, okay, we did it. (laughs) Yeah. The last one is asleep. Sometimes for uh, people, they'll feel like, uh, from afar, it looks like the changes of the pivots we make, uh, are seamless. Uh, but for me, uh, making a turn, you know, when I'm skiing usually, uh, uh, is either just before or just after a face plant. (laughs) It just, it looks seamless because as I talk about it later, you know, the house burnt down, but we built a bigger one. Um, it's usually, there's just a lot of angst and pain and sadness and all that. And as a seven, like I just don't live there. Um, but I need to visit there every once in a while. How do you deal with that um, in your own life when there's a setback, when there's something that is really heartfelt, something that really either hurts your feelings or something lets you down? Just give us a peek about how God wired you to deal with that stuff. Yeah, you say you're a seven. I'm a four. So fours are so in touch with their emotions. Yes, it makes for great lyrics, but a difficult life. (laughs) It can, it just can be very debilitating sometimes. I've had to really learn uh, how to not let my emotions lead, but my trust in God to lead, which is just maybe a daily practice trying to figure out, okay, God, I'm overwhelmed today. And that's just real. That's like, that's been pretty hard lately. Like a lot of emotion, a lot of, and um, I had a friend just a godly friend of my life say, you know, you talk about your emotions a lot. She's like, I don't think of you as being emotional. I think of you as being really passionate, which is really beautiful. And it makes you good at what you do. And she's like, you just have to learn to pivot your passion. Sometimes like if you're passionate about this one thing and it didn't go that way, asking the Lord, okay, what is your heart for that? Because I, I, I kind of have to like have that help or else I just get really, sad that something doesn't look the way I wanted it to or so um yeah I mean this whole year looks so different but I've had to just in my heart just realize hey I've always wanted that extra time with my babies and I'm getting it it's just I have to learn I kind of probably in the past have ridden the wave of a high like a spiritual high from church or a spiritual high of a conference or seeing friends because uh, I'm a four, but I'm also very, um, I'm a people person. So I need people. I love people being around. And, you know, when they're like, you can't have your friends over, it's so hard. <laughs> but um, Yes. One of the things that for uh, all of us, no matter uh, who we are, and if you're listening and you're stuck in traffic or you're in a wide spot in the road or you're out jogging, I keep going if you're jogging. Um, but but we deal with ambiguity, we deal with setbacks, we deal with certain things that we have like that press those buttons in us uh, uh, differently. For me, as a flaming seven, like uh, sadness is like kind of not my resting position. Like I don't kind of don't want to go there. Uh, and then yet we don't get to decide the inputs uh, out at this place, the Oaks. I got a call from one of the neighbors and they uh, have a really neat lady that's a little bit uh, along in her years. And she said, we have to put my horse down. And I was really sad about the horse, but I was more concerned about the we part because like, oh, I don't, I don't know why you're calling me, but I do not want to have 
anything to do with that. Like for that's kryptonite for a seven. And she said, uh, so no, really it's like, I think an old horse is 20 and this one is like 32. Um, and so I'm like, well, I, you know, I just, there's a hard no there. Like I just, I can't be part of euthanasia with a horse or anything. Um, so, but we can get a vet. I mean, it's on me. Um, but, uh, then we had to bury the horse and I'm like, oh, Carrie, for a seven, that is so sad to do. And I'm the only guy around with an excavator. That's probably too much information. But the horse, <laughs> that's like 1,700 pounds of, like, sadness. And I think for all of us, there's these things that come our way that we don't want anything to do with. I want to just say, like, go to a recording machine. Hi, I'm not here right now. <laughs> But if you'll call when the sadness has passed, but how do you lean into the things that just come your way? Like the, the circumstances of the last many months you had no control over, but we get to control like how we respond to those circumstances. So what is my part in that? And while there was one, uh, cast, uh, that they try to uh, role they tried to cast me in, which is a participant in this, I go like, oh no, like, heck no. Actually, I don't think I said heck. I'm like, no. Right. <laughs> um, but what do you do when uh, somebody uh, has something come your way and you go, that really isn't a role I feel equipped or prepared for? Can you say no to people? Oh, yeah, I can. It's hard for me to say no. I have to really really d dive into asking the Holy Spirit, like, is this something you want me to lean in on? Is this a burden that you want me to help carry? And, and if so, I'm all in and I can, I'm very empathetic. I'm very compassionate. Like I can get in the trenches with somebody. Uh, but I even have friends that they won't call me when they're in the trenches. Cause they're like, I know that you'll like take it too hard. And I wanted to kind of like be crawling back out before I told you, because I just, I knew you would like, it'd be too hard for you. And I'm, it, that's hard to hear too, though, as an emotional, like passionate person. Cause you're like, well, I would have like, I just would have liked to have known, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think there's positive things of being emotional and, and, you know, negative things, I guess. Yeah, so maybe uh, like a wave, there's a front side and a back side to the wave. The front side of being you, maybe with a high water table in touch with your emotions, is you can go there. Uh, on a moment's notice, you can be like, I'm already packed, let's go there. <laughs> <laughs> the back side of the wave for a seven is I bring like a lot of enthusiasm and like, let's do the fireworks and all that. But then when it comes to a certain type of sadness, like a death and dying and all that, that's really, really hard for me to deal with. Yet for each of us, and even if you're listening, what if we uh, see that God's big plan isn't that we'd be comfortable, but that we would grow? And so if I can see this, uh, the woman that calls about her horse, the person that uh, calls you at a time where you might feel a lot is a chance to grow. It's like new day, new carry, like new, new day, new Bob. Um, what would be the growing edge for you? Tell me about something you're learning right now and you're, where you're trying to learn and grow. Yeah. You know, I think through the years I've seen those moments where it's really tough, but then you watch how God 
just uses it to teach, to help you see a different perspective. He helps you come out of it on the other side stronger. And so I've had to just like remember those times when I face another thing that's difficult and just know, okay, God, you did a lot in me last time. I don't want to walk through this, but I know that I'm going to grow in this and I'm going to learn something new about your character. And, um, you know, it, it makes me think of this story. I keep thinking of this, so maybe it's just worth sharing because this is the, this is the nitty gritty stuff that it, there's not always time, you know, to talk about. But um, about a year and a half ago, I was, I had just had my second child. I was walking through some depression and looking back, I now realize it was kind of postpartum stuff, but also just, just kind of like some sorrow from life kind of caught up to me in my heart. And I just was really struggling with some deep sorrow and some deep disappointment. And um, I, my husband was on tour with Elevation at the time. And so I was home with the boys by myself for a few weeks. And um, I had a friend over that day and we were like, let's go for a walk. Um, let's just get outside. It's nice outside. It's, she just knew I was kind of in a sorrowful place. And so we went for a walk. And when we went, my seven week old baby was strapped into his car seat on the stroller. And we were walking around this lake and um, my, my other son, my four-year-old fell. And when he fell, I turned around really fast. And when I did, I took my hands off the stroller just for a second, just not no. thinking. And the stroller rolled and fell upside down into the lake with my child in the stroller. And I had to just jump in, save him. It was an act of God. It was a supernatural thing. the, The car seat part broke off the stroller quickly for me to get him out of the water. And I mean, I was just like crying out to God. I'm like treading water. It was February. It was cold water. Um, but people rallied, you know, people were helping hoist him out of the water and he was crying. So he was okay. He wasn't, he was just cold. He didn't ingest, you know, he was okay. Anyway, we get back to my house about an hour later and I just, I went to my closet. My friend stayed for the, the night and she was like, just go take some time. And I just went and cried out to God and was like, that's enough. I'm not going to allow sorrow and fear to steal from my life. And I'm coming out of this depression. I am not going to stay here because even in the midst of something that I was so fearful of something bad happening to my family, something bad happened today, but God, you came through. And that, that's what the depression was trying to do in that season was it was like a, a lot of torment of this fear of what these what ifs, because I was so afraid of losing my child. I was so afraid of something happening that would debilitate me and take from my life. And I watched God use that in my life to help me break out of that intense fear because something bad did happen, but it was okay. It God came through. Like when this lady, or, you know, you're talking about the, the house burning down and, it's like, yeah, those are moments that knock the air out of your lungs. But then you you rise up on the inside and you decide, you know what? I'm not going to let this take me out. I'm not going to let the enemy keep lying to me and bringing fear of something happening to my babies. 
because even though something did happen, I was able to jump in. I was able to help save his life. God gave me the strength. God gave me the grace, you know? So um, you just look at those things and then you're like kind of grateful they happened because it, it kind of makes you burst into a new season and say, I'm coming out of that. I'm not going to stay there. And uh, anyway, it was just super powerful. God really used it to help me. I can't even imagine. I'm sure everybody listening to this right now felt what it must have felt like to see your baby rolling away and then the right. terror of not knowing how it's going to turn out and in right. uh, uh, greater and lesser uh, ways that happens uh, to all of us. And pain and fear are pain and fear. <laughs> God doesn't grade those things on a curve, but boy, what an identifiable story to say like, what it sounds like you didn't do is write a new script, which is my children are always in jeopardy or that fear is right around a corner. But can you find yourself like ever slipping back into that where you go like, like you have having experienced something harrowing. Um, uh, somebody wants to be at the lodge up in Canada. I want to feel like I want to pat them down for matches. <laughs> to say like you don't sure. have anything flammable on you, right? Um, right. Uh, f- how do you, can you give some practical tips on some of the self-talk that you uh, give yourself as you're uh, convincing yourself that this indeed happened, but that doesn't mean it's going to happen again. And that God is sovereign over this whole thing. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. I, you know, the renewing of our mind through, through the reading of the word, I've had to really do that. Cause if I slip back to that place, it's just fearful and it's tormenting and it's traumatic. That was very traumatic. Um, still to this day, if we're anywhere near a body of water and I have my boys with me, I'm very like, okay, let's just come over here. (laughs) I don't want you to get too close, you know. Um, But just asking God to help me with that because I don't want to be, I don't want to function in fear for the rest of my life and be that mom that's fearful. And then I don't let them play by the lake or by the pool. You know, it's like, uh, it's a renewing of my mind. And it's that whole thing, I had to resolve in my heart what I believed about God's nature. And it really began to set me free from fear. So I go back to that place of God, you helped reinstate in my heart that your nature is good and that your character is good and that you're going to help me through anything that I face. And so um, I go back to that a lot. Like, God, I thank you that you're good and that whatever, whatever we're going to walk through as a family, you're with us. And that's not easy. It's not doesn't doesn't feel like you know flowers and roses but but it's a truth of just holding on to that and allowing myself not to stay in fear and torment one of the things we get to decide is uh what we believe is ultimately true and so sometimes the most difficult circumstances that we face will cause us to have to decide what's really true in my life what are the things that i'm certain about what is it that i'm guessing about Um, And if you could just, if you're listening to this to say, what are you certain about? Are you certain uh, that God's going to protect you from everything? I'm like, well, I'm certain that he's not. Um, I'm certain that he loves me, but uh, I don't think his uh, resting position is to make my life peaceful. I think his 
desire is that I would continue to grow. And then these circumstances, did God cause this to happen so the baby would end up in the lake? I'm like, I don't know. I'm going to leave that for a seminary student. All I know is that when bad things happen, what I'm going to do is try to learn from them. But I, I want to like have it leave stretch marks, not bruises. You know what I mean? Like I don't want to be, I, I want to be stretched. I want to be grown. I don't want to be bruised. Um, right. by that. I don't want to, uh, you probably don't want to, uh, put your kids in life jackets every time you put them in the bathtub. But what we do oftentimes we have something, we make up a rule, say, let's say if you're listening, you have a relationship that went wonky. And so you make up a rule to say, I'll never love again. And you say like, really? Like, did that rule need to be the one that you came up with to deal with the pain of navigating difficult relationships? And I want to just to revisit the rules. Um, sometimes we make up a rule not knowing it. My dad's father uh, was deaf. And so my dad's father didn't talk to him. And so as I was growing up, that impacted the way my dad communicated with me. Uh, he just, he had learned how dads and sons communicate from the way that his dad communicated with him. And indeed, I get to decide to be a reflection of that and be the same way to my boys or a reaction to that and to say, oh, I'm just going to talk a ton. <laughs> I'm just going to, I'll just be a little chatterbox. I'm just going <laughs> to talk to them about all the things that I'm curious about, the things I'm uh, afraid about, the things I'm wondering about. Um, somehow you didn't make a rule that you're going to live a life afraid. And that took a lot of courage. Who helped you navigate that? We, you've, you're on the backside of something really difficult, no doubt a call to Cody, like you will not believe how my day was. Um, but uh, who were the friends that, not by name, but by what role they played in your life so that we could be better friends to our uh, pals at a time of a lot of distress? Yeah, what's really beautiful is Cody was with one of our just mentors, and he's one of the guys that married us. And one of the first things he said to me was, Carrie, this is not God. You don't need to be fearful that God caused this, and he's not going to ask you to live a life like Job, where you have to be fearful that he's going to take everything away from you. Um, so that was really, that was very helpful for me because, um, that's what I was dealing with the most in that season was just so much fear that what if God took my babies or what if something happened or what if I lost them or what if Cody died or what if it was all these what if games yes. and it was stealing from everything. And I was just so consumed with that torment. I'd be up in the night checking on my babies. Like, are they breathing? Is, is the house locked up? Well, is the alarm on? And uh, it was just driving me crazy. And um, one of the other friends was a dear, dear friend of mine who she's just a, a best friend. And she, she's also one of my pastors in, in Nashville. And um, she dropped everything that night and came over. And for it was like five hours that it took me to just stop crying, you know, yeah. which is so real. And that's just, just the truth of it. And I just kept saying, I'm just mad. I'm mad at God because I keep praying for protection and he didn't protect my baby. Yeah. And she was like, Carrie, I think that you're believing a lie that 
you're going to be protected from anything that could ever happen that would, would potentially harm you. She's like, you have to change your perspective. And I need you. She, this changed my life. She said, I need you to ask God what he wants you to believe about him. And I was like, I don't want to ask him that. And she's like, I know you don't, but I'm going to sit here until you're brave enough to ask him. And I cried again for a little while. I'm a four, remember? And so <laughs> I just, I sat in that sadness for a little while, but, but also it just was so real. And, and I finally, in a whisper, was able to say, God, what do you want me to believe about you? And it, I got really quiet and it took a few minutes. And then I heard him say, you need to know that my nature for you and my character is good. And it kind of was baffling a little bit because I was like, yeah, but you're not, that, that feels really abstract. Like, what do you mean by that? And I, I just love that he just left it there. I didn't hear him say anything else. And the more that I pondered that, the more that I realized he was just saying, I am good. And so that's why when we walk through stuff that's hard, it, he turns it for our good. So looking back, I got, I, I became like, a, I got more fierce in my prayers of like, instead of being like, God, please help me not to be fearful. Instead, I was like, I am not going to be fearful anymore. Yeah. I'm over this. Satan, you're going to back off. I don't like to talk to Satan much, but that night he had an earful from me because I was mad. Yeah. I was like a mama bear. And I was like, that's enough. Enough is enough. God is good. And he's going to protect my family. No matter what it looks like, I'm not going to walk in fear. And um, yeah, it's a daily choice to believe that, but um, it's worth it. I know that discipline of writing down, maybe if you're listening to this on a three by five card, put it on a mirror, put it in the windshield or your car to say things that you're actually certain are true. And then let God know the things that you're wondering about to say like, wow, like this is a question I've got and to get super real about that. Cause then what we do is we're taking control. We're not living uh, our live playing defense. And that at that point where you just, you know, were able to collect yourself and to say, I'm not playing defense anymore. I'm playing offense on this, even though it was scary and it happened. And then this finds its way into your music. Um, you have a song, The Blessing, and knowing the backstory of what it looked like to have a really scary day. Um, uh, tell us about how you like work out some of the things that you're learning and feeling and places you're growing in the music that you're singing. Yeah. I love that you tie it to the blessing. Cause you know, people were like, when the, when the blessing came out, they were like, when you kick into that bridge, I feel it from your toes. Like you are, oh, yeah. you are declaring those promises. And honestly, I really think this experience of my son falling in the lake like this did did something to just make me, instead of kind of praying that I'd be protected, I began declaring the truth of the word of God over my family, over myself, over my emotions, over depression, over disappointment, all those things. And so, yeah, I think, I think that that, that fierceness and that those declaring things began to take root instead of fear, peace started taking root. 
being an overcomer started taking root. And as simple as that sounds, it is simple. And it began to work. And then I think that, that when I kicked in on the blessing and I was declaring those promises over people, because it's like a declaring song over ourselves. Yeah, I think that the fruit of it is that whole last year of working that out for myself. And Oh, man. that And if you're listening to this and haven't listened to that song yet, I want you to drop everything, <laughs> listen to that against the backstory of knowing what goes on. And I love that idea to declare it. You're not Oliver Twist going up with a, an empty bowl to say, can I please have some more? That we're just declaring these things are true about God's love. And sometimes what will happen is you go through something really, really difficult to steal our resolve. Instead of like stealing your hope or stealing your joy, it's going to steal your resolve to say, this thing is, is titanium now. Well, what I was wondering, I ain't wondering anymore. And I think there's something about this idea moving from clinched fists to open hands. And you can still have resolve with open hands. It's easy to pick a fight when your fists are clenched. But to say, I'm going to open my hands because I am so convinced about the goodness of God. Now, I'm super confused about the way that works itself out on a Wednesday, but I'm so convinced about the goodness of God. And I hear that in your songs and your music. I'm so glad uh, for the blessings, the song, but the blessing, the album. Uh, tell me what that feels like. There, you've produced a lot of music and tell me about how it feels to like give birth to another album and have it out there in the world. Yeah, it's really sweet. I, um, I've been kind of sad this week because it's been so fun to work on it and so fun to really lean in with the Holy Spirit that I'm like, now it's going to be out. Now what am I going to do with my time? <laughs> you know? Besides go on some dates and maybe get a few massages. Said the four. <laughs> you could just... But, you know, releasing... Sorry, what were you saying? No, no, no. I just said that's such a four thing to do. Oh, it is such a four thing. I think four is like to passionately be doing something emotional. Yeah. Um, I It was really wild to have to record this in the middle of, of a pandemic. and But the songs, The Blessing was the last song to write for the project. And I felt like watching what God did with the blessing and the timing, I just was like, I really feel like some of these other songs are just really potent for right now. And I just felt like if I didn't go ahead and release them, that they would kind of, the time would pass that they weren't as potent. Do you know what I mean? Like, so I didn't intend on recording in the middle of the pandemic when I couldn't have worshipers in the room. Um, that was probably one of the most ambitious things that I could have ever done. <laughs> yeah, I imagine. But I felt really strongly in my heart that I, I was supposed to do it now. And now being, we did it in July. So we turned it around pretty quickly to get it out. But it's just wild. The timing is, it does seem to be really, really perfect. And just the feedback that people are sending, specifically on a song called Your Nature, which comes from this story as well. When God yeah. said, my nature is good. Um, of just like, there's a bridge part that says, break out of disappointment and break out of hopelessness. Stretch out your hands, believing this is your promised land. Um, it even talks about wasteland and being barren. 
And like, I don't think that people would have connected with that song a year ago like they are right now. Because so many yeah, people are in that kind of barren season and wasteland season. So mm-hmm. just wild. I'm, I'm thankful that the timing is good. And if you're listening to this and this has been a really difficult time, just know that you're just surrounded by people. I just appreciate so much your authenticity, Carrie, and not only your music, but the character that you bring uh, to the world. Um, You're just a humble voice in the world and humble voices travel far. They always do. It's always been that way. It'll always be that way. Um, And so continue to do that. And if you're listening and there's been something that resonated, something that you need to deal with God about and get real about, if you need to punch the wall, I just shout into the pedal and pillow instead because then you won't have to drywall it again Uh, (laughs) but to just get like super real about it and then bring those things but i also want you to have the courage to find your resolve again Um, when you lose your keys what you do is you say where was the last place i saw them and so if you've lost your joy if you've lost your hope think where was the last place i saw joy and hope and return to there and look around find some of that that's where you're going to find your resolve carrie thank you so much for uh spending a little bit of time with you love to your beautiful family give cody a chest bump and uh we're just super grateful for you people the album is the blessing the songs they're all the best one uh they're all tied for first uh carrie blessings on you thank you love you well, Bob, I think listening to her story and her story with her son and water and working through fear, working through anxiety, it's a, it's a reminder for me that we can have these categories of our life. We can have our, our private life with our family. We can have our public life with our ambitions and the things we're trying to create. But there after, really isn't that much of a line sometimes if we allow ourselves to be shaped and formed by the experiences that we're having. And she's a beautiful reminder to go deep and to allow yourself to be shaped and to ask the bigger questions and wrestle with the big ideas. What stuck out to you as you were talking to her? I just think that all the bulkheads have been removed. Uh, The Titanic, they built this unsinkable ship, supposedly, Mm -hmm. and uh, they thought it was unsinkable because they had a lot of compartments and that if one compartment flooded, well, at least you had the others. But then Mm -hmm. life has a way of ripping through all the compartments. And where we try to silo or bulkhead our different parts of our lives, sometimes some circumstances will come up. And the last nine months for a lot of people have presented those kinds of circumstances, isolation, some uh, real life financial pressures. Mm -hmm. There's emotional stress because this is uncharted territory for you and the people that you love the most. And so it kind of rips a hole in all the bulkheads. And what I hope, Mm -hmm. if uh, faith is important to you, that you'll find some authenticity and find your way back to the things that Mm -hmm. matter the most to you. If faith is it, then find your way to Jesus. If other things are things that you've put a lot of hope in, uh, just make sure that they're going to love you back. And if you've got something going on personally, maybe you felt like it's holding you back from getting your job done, your work done, moving forward on your ambitions, maybe take a pause like Carrie does and turn towards that, lean in towards that, try to dig into it and learn from it and figure out what it's trying to do to teach you and and teach you about life and about faith and about God and where you're going. And don't be surprised as you dig into that, if your work gets a little bit clearer and a little bit more potent and a little bit more powerful. So 
Thanks everybody for listening this week and we will see you next week for another great episode. It's easy to say that we are living in unprecedented times, but it's not easy during a pandemic, during experience of racial injustice, during an election season, that's just crazy. It's not easy to keep sight on our dreams. In fact, when we're feeling stressed, we're feeling anxious, we're feeling fearful, we're feeling overwhelmed, we often lose sight of what those dreams are. So we put together in honor of the podcast and season three, we put together a giveaway for you, a short little handbook that can guide you as you reflect through this pandemic, through racial injustice, through election season, through global recession, to how to keep sight on your dreams. So go to the show notes, click the link, download it, grab a pen and a paper and a friend, and just reflect on what your dreams are and how to get clarity on them again.